But some people will tell you that, hey, I just need you to be here. Welcome to Creating Wellness Moments, the podcast where we dive into the depths of the human psyche, self-discovery, and personal growth. I'm Calvin Wong, your host and fellow explorer on this journey towards mental well-being. Join me as we uncover inspiring stories, expert insights, and practical tips to cultivate a healthier and happier life. Get ready to embark on a transformative experience one episode at a time. Let's create wellness moments together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creating Wellness Moments. Today we have Jeanette, founder of Chill by Net, who serves uh, wellness resources and knowledge ver- through various channels like social media, live sessions, uh, peer groups, and much more. She has a background in counseling and psychology. She also actively helps individuals in private and nonprofit organizations. She also serves as a well-being lead at AXA Wellness. And lastly, she's part of TikTok's Youth for Good Wellness education team, emphasizing the importance of well-being and personal growth, as well as connection. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Calvin. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Yeah, in order to get started, I'm really curious how you became inspired to start this uh, company called Chill by Net. Maybe you could share us a little bit what the inspiration is and how it got started. Sure. So to answer this question, I think we had to we have to go back to probably three years ago. I think it was in 2020, where I actually developed a skin condition. Um, at that point in time, I didn't have any answers what it was, but it was a skin condition that um, forced me to actually quit my full-time job at a point in time because I wasn't able to wear masks. It was during the COVID period. So I went to a few dermatologists. They told me that, you know, um, you know, this is eczema. Some told me it was rosacea. So it was a very difficult time because at that point in time, you know, I, it was a lifestyle, a lifestyle change for myself. Um, and the worst part was um, there's no cure for this condition. So even up to today, I'm still battling with it. Um, but that period was a very difficult period for me where I was struggling and I was trapped in my own mind. There was really a lot of isolation and COVID certainly didn't help because during COVID, all of us were really isolated. But the skin condition made it even more difficult for me to um, meet with my friends, go out to work. So my skin will get flare up at random points in the day and it will get really unbearable. The itch will get really unbearable. So uh, at a point in time, I think I develop, um, you know, a lot of anxiety as well as depression. And I had a lot of free time because basically I was just isolated with nothing to do. So it was at a point in time, I decided to create my own podcast called Chill by Net Podcast. And it was, I would say that at a point in time, it was a way for me to kind of cope with my emotions. It was a platform for me to share a little bit more about my stories, my struggles. But later on, I saw that it was able to connect to people who were going through the same. And I saw that struggling is actually a universal human experience that, you know, I'm not the only one going through it. Right? And it helps others to know that they are not the only one going through um, such a difficult um, emotional struggle as well, even though we were struggling with different things, right? So um, at that point, I felt that, you know, this gave me, um, it actually marked the start of my content creation journey. 
Um, I I spend most of my days in isolation, writing articles, blog posts, and creating um, podcast episodes. Um, I eventually managed to find a community where, um, which had become my source of support, my source of support system, and that's when I started to want to take this you know, content creation journey more seriously. I looked out for different platforms like, um, you know, TikTok, um, uh, Instagram, and I created um, various ways where I could actually share more mental wellness knowledge. I share my recovery journey, um, wellness tips and articles as well. And the aim of all of this is really to make mental wellness knowledge a little bit more accessible more relatable as well to the general public because mental health knowledge even though it has been a, a lot more accessible now it can still be something that people shy away from it could be something that's a little bit complex uh, daunting to some so the aim of chill by net the birth of chill by net is really from a place of struggle um, and today it's actually a platform that consists of a few things, right? It consists of a wellness library, um, therapy sessions, peer support group, which is also known as chill circle sessions. And really the, the, the aim of the platform is really to make these resources more accessible as well as more fun in a way um, to public. And my hope is you know, like um, wherever people are in their mental wellness journey, they could actually benefit from it as well. Yeah, so this is how Chew by, by Net started. And yeah, it was really from a place of, you know, going through my own struggles. And eventually, I think Chew by Net was the strength that came out from all of these um, unexplainable um, downtime and yeah emotional turmoil i would say yeah yeah so hopefully i think with such platforms around it also could help to encourage more help-seeking behaviors uh, it, it can help to generate more awareness and really to help to normalize um, mental health conversations normalize struggles and really create a more compassionate society where we are telling everybody that, hey, you know, you're not the only one struggling and struggling is just a really a common part of human um, experience. And yeah, where there's more conversations and more resources available, I think this will ultimately be a dream that I hope to see in our world. Yeah. And hopefully that kind of answers um, the, where Chubinet started. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very powerful and inspiring story. So I personally have eczema for most of my life. So I know exactly where you're coming from in that sense. And also during uh, the pandemic, I also had a very bad breakout. But I, I can't say the same that I was so strong to be able to, you know, give people the resources and share the story that you had, right? Mm. I, th I think that's wow. a very inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, something that I did not mention was also I myself, I've been through um, therapy during that period, which which was something that I would say is a big part of my recovery journey. So it was not only content creation that helped me cope with my struggles, but it is also reaching out to professional help. It's also reaching out to people who are qualified to, you know, walk with you through 
that recovery process, which I think is really important. So I think it goes hand in hand. So you can have your own support system, your own uh, ways of coping. But sometimes when it comes to a situation where it gets too heavy, it gets too difficult to cope, um, sometimes finding that courage to go for um, therapy, go for counseling can also help as well. And that, that experience was actually what inspired me to be a counselor, to be a therapist for uh, my clients today as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a few changes that happened during the last few years. What did you, what were you doing prior to that? So prior to that, my life was very different. I was doing nothing um, related to what I'm doing now, but I would say that there are certain things that were quite similar as well. So I work as a human resource practitioner, um, dealing with employee well-being. You know, I, um, you know, it's a it's a HR role where. You know, I conduct learning and development programs. Um, there's a little bit of recruitment, HR operational process as well, but it's very, very different from the, the things that I'm doing today. The problem, the, 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 perhaps the only commonality is that we are all dealing with humans and really trying to make lives better. Yeah, so that is something that I would see is the connection between my previous role and what I'm doing, you know, today. Absolutely. So in terms of the social media content, uh, you talked a little bit about how you were able to build more of a community and even have these uh, circles now, right? And what would you say is kind of the most rewarding part for you in that sense? Mm-hmm. The most rewarding part about creating content online Mm. Wow, this is a tough one. There are many, many rewarding aspects, <laughs> but the one, that, the first thing that came into uh, the first thing that comes into mind is a few words, right? So probably the first word is courage. Okay, um, as part of this journey of creating content online, I think it's a personal growth journey for me as well personally. So I used to be someone that don't really have much confidence. I find it difficult to express myself sometimes. So as part of being a content creator, it takes a lot of courage to put your face out there, to put your stories out there. Um, and I think the re- one of the most rewarding part is, you know, constantly kind of building that courage as you um, advance in this journey so sometimes it's like you know when i look back at my videos that i've created maybe two years ago i just felt like oh you know that there's a completely different person i don't even recognize who she is because she's speaking in this really um uncertain way and you know so i saw my own growth as well and i think primarily it's really finding courage from each um each time I release a content, each video that I produce, each article that I'm writing, it takes a lot of courage to kind of put it out there. And this is something that I felt was really rewarding over the past, you know, two to three years of content creation. And another word that comes into mind is community. So I think this is another rewarding aspect of 
how um, uh, one of the greatest gifts of Chill by Net. It's really finding community. And community to me is not just like-minded people coming together, but to me, community is about having diverse groups of people um, coming together to really just connect as human beings, like taking away you know, their titles, taking away um, their own beliefs and their own you know, personal baggage and experiences, but really coming together to hold that space and um, presence, you know, such that, you know, there is connection as human beings, as individuals. And I think that from that space, you know, that's where a lot of healing occurs, um, not just for myself. I think within the community, there's a lot of, um, you know, exchanging of, you know, personal feelings, experience, and it's a space, safe space where um, people from all walks of life can come together to kind of just build that um, safe space. And I think this is a wonderful thing, right? And TikTok has helped me a lot with that because every week I'll be doing live, I'll be doing live sessions to connect with the community and occasionally it will um, be an in-person session. Uh, we hold a small group um, every bi-monthly. Uh, we try to do it monthly, but for now it's every bi-monthly where um, people, um, the chill members, right, chill community members will come together and we will really use that time to just um, chill with one another, support each other in our wellness journey. So I guess that is something very beautiful and uh, it is also something that I'm con constant, constantly and continuously trying to um, build and expand um, in, in, in this endeavor of mine, yeah. Yeah, of course. The things that stuck out to me is you, you talked about courage and how, how you were looking back a few years ago, you're a different person. And it, I think it does build a lot of character to put yourself out there and providing the value that you do. And the other thing that mm -hmm. stuck out is uh, we talk about community a lot, uh, however, like creating that safe space, I think, is really one of the key factors that makes a difference. How, seeing as we, I don't really feel like we get enough of that on our day-to-day -day lives, as much mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, your work might say, it, it doesn't necessarily feel that way, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of mm -hmm. course, it, uh, industry to industry standards, but in a general sense, and in terms of that, maybe we could transition a little bit to what, what you do as the wellness lead at AXA Wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at AXA Wellness, I work as a well-being lead. And my role in AXA Wellness is mainly to create the wellness programs, which comes in the form of workshops, webinars, um, our in-app curriculum content as well as team building activities. And typically the audience that we create content for are corporate, so it's a B2B model. And our target audience, or rather our mission, is to really make uh, employing, employee well-being simpler, right? So that is the work I do at Excel Wellness, but I do see many overlaps between you know, what I do in Excel Wellness as well as a founder of True by Net, which really sometimes um, helps, you know, both ways in the work that I do. 
Yeah. So I would say that the 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 main thing would be my day to day look like you know doing conducting wellness research, um, connecting with um, wellness um, professionals in the space to co collaborate in terms of content workshops and. I think also we are starting to build a wellness community within XR Wellness as well, where we are getting, um, you know, uh, planning for a few wellness gatherings where people come together to network. And that is something that is pretty exciting at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely very exciting. Um, in terms of your, your content, I, I know that you provide quite a few tips and tricks in terms of how we could maintain our mental well-being and mental health. But however, what, what would you say to someone who is maybe not in the best of headspace in terms of self-care or actually mental health as a whole? I, I think it's very tough for someone in that position to start to try to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is a really good question. You know, what I would say, I will probably not say anything at all as much as we think that there's something that uh, to, the right thing to say to comfort a person. But sometimes I think just being a space and just demonstrating empathy and presence, even through our nonverbal language, can be very powerful. So something that has been really on my mind recently is, you know, the power of silence. So sometimes even just being there with a person and not, saying anything but demonstrating that you are there and you are listening here maintaining the eye contact sometimes you know even through certain um touch right if it's appropriate um, i think that can go a really long way because many times when a person is undergoing that kind of emotional distress and uh, str um, is struggling sometimes they, they, they just need a space. And, you know, of course, um, advice can come later. So another thing is also to ask, right, how can I best support you? So some people, they might need advice. And that is when, you know, you might want to provide something that probably relates to them from your personal experience. But some people will tell you that, hey, I just need you to be here. Right. And that is when you just sit there with them and that can be very healing in itself. Yeah. So ask, be curious and um, sometimes yeah, ask in instead of assume what people need. Mm -hmm. Hey there, amazing listeners. Before we dive deeper in today's insightful conversation, I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to the driving force behind this podcast my very own mental health-focused creative production agency, Calvin Wong Media. As you know, creating wellness moments is all about exploring the depths of the human psyche and fostering personal growth. And guess what? It would not be possible if it were not for Calvin Wong Media. We conceptualize, humanize, and bring your story to life using unique storytelling techniques that engages the audience. So, the next time you're inspired by an episode or find yourself engaged in a thought-provoking conversation here, remember, that's the result of the support of Calvin Wong Media and its lovely kinds. If you're looking to amplify your message, tell your story with authenticity, 
and connect with your audience on a deeper level, reach out to us at calvinwallmedia.com. Now back to the conversation on creating wellness moments. Yeah, it's great. I think that you took that answer with just having the presence and not just saying things right away to try to help someone. Like the way that you approached it is either giving them the space and the presence to know that you're here for them when they're ready or just directly asking, depending on the person and what position they might be in. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's part of how you create that safe space and allow them to just kind of feel the environment a little bit more and feel how you are in terms of the interaction here. Yeah. And, you know, there I'm, I'm heartened to see that many, many companies or many organizations these days are talking about psychology, um, psychological safety. And that is something that I, I'm really encouraged to see, right? There are many workshops and webinars going around on LinkedIn and, and it's, it's good. And then the next step is to really go deeper into how we can really create that, um, you know, how, how can we demonstrate empathy? How can we, um, you know, be a listening ear, right? How can we demonstrate presence? Because these things are just really, really simple on paper. Like it's easy to say, but to actually demonstrate it is another thing. So for instance, like how do you show empathy, right? We are all talking about, oh, um, showing empathy, but how? That is something that I feel is still the gap between many, um, the, the gap for us to breach. Yeah. So for instance, one way to show empathy is just to paraphrase and reflect whatever the other person is saying. Right. So for instance, a person can be saying that, you know, you know, I'm having a really bad day because my boss just shouted at me and I really do not know what is happening is really frustrating and then you just reflect and say okay it sounds that you're having a hard time it sounds that you're really frustrated right so reflecting the other person's feelings and the content that they are saying sometimes is really one of the most powerful ways to demonstrate um, empathy but of course there are also different levels of um, empathy that is um, that, that, that requires a put, I mean, that, that, that is there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's uh that's actually a really good skill. Uh, so last week I went to an event and that's something, one of the things they talked about and in, so we did experience like a growth circle, right? SG growth circle. Wow. So we were very present with each other. And I think even with us paraphrasing what they said to us, gives them a different perspective because they're able to hear it out loud from someone else. And even mm-hmm. then, that's a something they could pick up on themselves and see it from a, a different frame. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that something you've occurred or happened to you before? <laughs> yes, that is something that I uh, definitely have received, um, thankfully, from some of the closest people around me. Um, but as a therapist today, working with clients, I think this is something that I'm very mindful of as well. So apart from even, you know, just paraphrasing, it is about reading between the lines also and being able to reflect back what is not said. I think that is also another challenging part um, and that 
falls under advanced empathy, where you don't just reflect what is being said, but it's also being able to capture what is being unsaid. And this involves a lot more like observing the person's facial expression as they are saying something. Does the expression really uh, aligns with what they are saying? Um, their speed of speech, uh, how they are sometimes when 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 people are nervous, they kind of solo their saliva quite a bit, right? So being able to pick this up are what I would think um, helps in terms of doing that paraphrasing, that reflecting as well. Yeah, but yeah, to answer your question, I've definitely was fortunate enough to be given that um, safe space where I felt heard, I felt understood. And because of that, I also know the importance um, in terms of you know supporting someone in need, supporting someone who um, is, is in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you just mentioned in terms of the nuances and reading between the lines, I think that's what really kind of separates a mental health professional versus your friend being there for you, right? You have the, the training and as well as the experience to be able to walk this person through their journey and what they're going through in that sense, right? Because I'm sure people do question, like, why should I pay so much money for seeing a counselor when I have my friends to listen to or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's very different because sometimes even as, you know, I'm talking to my friend and they say that, oh, like, you know, I was just kind of listening to a friend the other day and she's saying that you know she she gave a she gave a very interesting comment she said that you listen really well but i think that's because like you're a counselor but i think being a friend and being a counselor is very different like when i talk to my friend you know it's it's a complete different kind of um, relationship that i'm having as compared to you know being a counselor and when a lot of people think that being a counselor is just you know, being someone there, like a friend who listens to you, that is actually a very big misconception, right? In counseling, um, in fact, we are encouraged not to, you know, self-disclose as much, um, even though some, some practitioners still do, but it's out of really helping to validate another person's experience. But I think apart from that, you know, when you hold space um, for, you know, a client and, how you hold space for a client versus how you kind of um, be there for a friend, I think there's still a very, very big difference, which I'm not able to actually articulate and put into words as of now. But yeah, it's just different. Like uh, seeing, like talking to a friend and talking to a therapist, um, just from a therapist's point of view, it's yeah, completely different um, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As you said earlier, it is about reading between the lines and the nuances. However, I do want to talk a little bit about your engagement on TikTok because it's normally known for, you know, such as like doom scrolling or just like a lot of trendy stuff where you're using this media platform to teach the youth education for mental health and... Mm -hmm. I, I think that's uh, very courageous of you to do that. And as you mentioned, you do a, a fairly consistently. So maybe you could speak a little bit about that and what the experiences are in terms of the audience perspective, what, what they get out of it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so my content has transited quite a bit when I first started using the platform and, you know, three years later. So I started, I think, in 2001, uh, 2021, you know, and at that point in time, it was really sharing a lot about my own struggles, um, you know, some of the difficult feelings that I am going through difficult times. And now today, I would say that my content revolves around really kind of more educational in nature. But at the same time, I also understand the value of, you know, bring yourself into your content, right? Um, You know, bring your stories, your personal experience, and, you know, just being a little bit more personable rather than just reading out uh, educational facts and, you know, giving out tips. So I try to balance, today I try to balance between, you know, providing the educational value, but also bring the authenticity in it. Um, And when I say authenticity, it looks different for for everyone. But in my definition, it's really bring the whole of yourself into your videos, be it the way you speak, the way you phrase certain things, um, the format of the videos. Um, yeah, so I, it's still a learning journey for me. And I think it's importantly, people who see your video, they sometimes don't, I come to realize one thing is sometimes it's less about what you say, but it's more about the vibes and the positivity or the energy that you give out in your videos as well. Even though what you say is important, but imagine if you just say that, you know, mental health is important versus mental health is really important. So for instance, if, you know, like two people can say the same thing, but in terms of the voice use, the um, the passion behind the tone, I think all these things can't really be faked or it can be, but what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's about really bring yourself into it. And because for myself, I'm someone who is really curious and generally passionate about, you know, wellness and really wanting to, um, you know, use this platform for good. I think it kind of comes true from that, um, from that deeper place as well. And I, I, I see that, you know, when you make videos in this way, where you try to bring more of yourself in, in the videos, in, I mean, when you try to bring more of yourself in the videos, that you create, I think that is when you can really reach out to um, people because people relate to content that are genuine, that are relatable, um, that is, you know, authentic. So, yeah, I think generally in TikTok, there are more and more creators talking about wellness, mental health. Last time it was more of a dancing platform and, you know, it's more of a platform where people come together to kind of get entertainment. Now I would say that the platform has evolved, right? And there are many, even small business creators are there sharing um, their opinions on, you know, sometimes even political issues, um, sometimes um, just, you know, uh, mental health knowledge and many others so it's really uh, it's a really um, how do i put it it's a privilege to be able to be in this digital age where such platforms are so accessible 
um, and at the same time, easy to use as well. So for myself, I do not have any background in video editing. Um, to be honest, so that is something that I struggle with a lot in the start. But because of the ease of these platforms, you know, anybody can be a content creator. Anybody can come up and, you know, share, you know, share what they believe in, right? With with very, very minimal um, effort and very minimal, okay, not saying very minimal effort, but um, the barrier to entry has been really, really low as compared to a few years ago. So I'm really thankful for that, right? And I think back to your question, uh, one of the uh, challenges that I face as a content creator is sometimes you get very harmful and hurtful comments as well. So there will be people who come up to your platform and tell you that, you know, whatever you are saying is um, not helping or they will criticize you for, um, you know, like for for the things that you say um, or just, you know, sometimes just really hateful comments. And these are things that are, I believe, not unique to just myself, but many other content creators out there as well. And I used to get really affected by these comments and I spent a lot of time dwelling on them in a sense to the point where I kind of would stop my content creation for a while um, because, yeah, it's really helpful, right? But um, there was, but what changed was that I started seeing these negative comments as, you know, people crying for help, right? For instance, you know, you only put a negative comment if, you yourself are going through a tough time okay because a person who is full of love um you know wouldn't you know wouldn't do um such a thing right just putting out um harmful and hateful comments so i think sometimes it's like if these if my platform is able to allow people to come and you know vent out their frustration their anger i see it as a positive thing as well so it's another way where people can you know get their um, anger released um, get their you know frustrations um, let out right and sometimes yeah if you look at um, these actions from a place of more compassion I think that really helps me I mean it helps me to cope with this um, challenges that I face as a content creator yeah and um, another thing that I would like to highlight is being a content creator is also sometimes really, really uh, tiring. So just to share that my eyes, right, actually got really, um, it was, it's now in quite a bad condition because my degree actually went out 100 and 100 on both sides. I think that is because sometimes we do spend a lot of time on screen. It can go up to like six hours a day. Editing a video can take like two, two to three hours sometimes so it is important for ourselves to take care not just on, of our mental health but also at our physical health when it comes to doing this in the long run uh, when it comes to making this a sustainable um, thing that you want to do so yeah I think uh, there's many things to talk about being a content creator but I think if there's a tip that I would like to kind of share to anyone who is um, starting out in content creation or is already a content creator i think it's really taking care of yourself as well because only when you are well you're able to then give your best 
to not just your audience but your friends and family and all of that so yeah that is something that i have been trying to intentionally practice in my everyday to make sure that i'm well and take breaks uh, take a lot of breaks whenever i need to and rest without feeling that guilt um, sometimes you know work can really just wait and this is done in the mindset of you know that i can sustain this for a longer period for a longer run yeah sorry i think i went really off topic but i hope i answered your question yeah, yeah it does the I think that's a really important part, not only for the content creators, since we're on the topic of self-care uh, before we take off, maybe you could give us a few actionable tips that everyone could just do, um, you know, day to day, and it just could be something small. That way it's not so daunting for everyone. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I would... Uh, three things, is it? Three things? Okay. Um, up to three. If you could think of one, two, it's up to you. Okay. Yeah. So I would say get enough sleep. So this is something that may sound really um, common, right? But so many of us don't get enough sleep. And that includes myself. But I think it's so important to get at least seven to eight hours a night because you know the importance of sleep cannot really be um you know uh it, it has to be i mean the importance of sleep is something that so many people are not aware of right because uh sleep really affects our mental functioning so you, you know research have actually shown that if you're sleep deprived for a long period of time right the cognitive dysfunction that you face right on a day-to-day -day basis is similar to those found in stroke patients and this is something that um, has been done, right, by many um, researchers. So I myself, I'm trying to get enough sleep um, on a day-to-day -day basis so that I can function at my best. Yeah, so I think apart from that, I would think movement, any type of movement helps. So it doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be really, you know, doing vigorous activities, but just some movement, even like taking a walk, um, sometimes just doing some gentle stretches, throughout your days, right, can really boost your mood and your well-being. Uh, so, yeah, just schedule maybe a 15 to 20 minutes kind of movement, whatever that works for you. It could be, you know, walking, taking, um, taking the stairs instead of the lift, right? So, yeah. And then the last one is our diet. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, it's important to watch our diet. So watching our diet is not about restricting certain foods, but really being mindful and intentional uh, with the things that we are um, putting into our body because food is energy. And to maximize your own energy, um, you know, I would say the, the easiest way is to look at what you're putting into your body. Um, yeah, so certain foods um, can really, really make us feel like um, re like for example, certain foods can kind of um, put us into that cycle of sugar crash, right? So when our blood uh, glucose level actually fluctuates so much, um, there's no way that we can focus and be productive and you know get the energy that we want, 
right? So it's important to select foods that actually give us that steady source of energy, and this includes our whole foods. Uh, it includes um, taking in more natural sugars as opposed to added sugars. Um, yeah, your whole foods like um, you know, like your fish, your avocados, um, yeah, many others. I think just kind of prioritizing more whole foods rather than processed food can can um, make a great difference to not just your mental well-being but your physical well-being as well mm -hmm. for sure thanks yeah. for sharing i did want to touch on the movement one a little bit i would encourage sure. people to get a little bit creative with it and whatever works for you it, it could even be just to get up and dance for for a few minutes right yeah. i think you just really have fun with the movement one uh, mm -hmm. I'd still need to work on the, the sleep one personally myself, but, uh, you know, Jeanette here has actually a lot of tips on her social media pages. So I highly recommend you follow her to check out more tips. we kind of just touched the surface today. So I'll be sure to put all the information below so you could get in touch with her. Uh, thank you so much for coming to the show and sharing a little bit about yourself, your journey and some tips. So let's create more wellness movements together. I uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much Kevin for, you know, having me here and, you know, just to share that it's really my first time being on a podcast like that, even though I'm a podcast creator. So thanks for giving me this opportunity. And yes, I really do look forward to having more of such conversations um, together with you, be it online or in person. And yes, if you would like to actually get more tips on wellness, how to live a better present and future, then do follow Chill by Net. Um, I'm available on TikTok as well as in Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put all our channels below. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much, Calvin.